So this is what we've got next week. Yeah. We've got Dan Carter up against Stephen Brett. Ooh. And we've got Jimmy Gopeth up against Baden Kerr. There you go. <laughs> yes. Not Jimmy Gopeth at Wasps. Pre Jimmy Gopeth. There we go. Either, like either, either Jimmy Gopeth or Baden Kerr will yep. play for a Super Rugby title in a final. There you go. I like how you framed that. And Dan good. Carter's playing Stephen Brett in the other game. Look, yeah. I mean, if you would, if that's how important the number ten position is to rugby as the quarterback position is to American football, that's who you got. Who are you going with, Carter? Who are you going with? Carter. You take DC all day. Yeah, you do. Or TB. Let's go to our main man, Brent Sobletsky, head NFL analyst for Bleacher Report for the first time this year. And Brent, in case you are wondering, Dan Carter is arguably the greatest first five ever to play rugby, one of the All Blacks greats of all time. What we are saying, Brent, is that he's Tom Brady, therefore we're backing him. Okay, so what I was following, having played a little bit of, of rugby in my life, was you were comparing the quarterback position to what I would have assumed would have been the scrum half coming out and making the decisions throughout the contest each and every play. What I would argue is this, that the quarterback position is the most difficult to fill in the entire world. And I'm not trying to prop up our national sports simply pointing out that quarterback is so difficult to play because of how much is placed on their shoulders nowadays, not just from a physical perspective, but a mental perspective as well. And it's so fascinating that we've reached a point where you have Tom Brady and everybody else. And that doesn't, and I'm not trying to downplay the quarterbacks that have reached this point, but it shows you that yes, that position is important. Yes. We need to put a lot of emphasis on it, but it's not the entirety of the game and the sport and you can still win without having that elite guy behind center. All right. Having said all of that, mm. which which team is best placed to beat Brady and the Patriots? I would I would argue the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, when you look at Case Keenum, yes, he has had his issues specifically against pressure in recent weeks. I believe his quarterback rating against pressure during the playoffs is only five, which a normal NFL quarterback rating usually runs between 80 and 90 overall. So he's really struggled when they applied and, and hit, hit him uh, behind a makeshift offensive line of points. But if you allow him to really create in the offense and uh, keep him clean from the defenses being on top of him, he is able to surgically pick you apart, much like Tom Brady can, not to the same extent, but he has that possibility. And he's really played well in Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator's system this year. So I look at him being the starter since week two, really emerging as a franchise type of player. He's the guy I look at and say, you know what? He's good enough to lead them to a Super Bowl, specifically with that defense, which has been spectacular points this year, even though they gave up a few points in the second half of the Saints. Brent Slobleski with us from Bleacher Report. I was having a good look around Bleacher Report uh, earlier on this morning. It's great fun. All the reaction of the Minnesota fans. There's like a, a father and son who are watching and do the no, no, yes, yes. And then the dad is just <laughs> on the ground crying afterwards. There's New Orleans fans picking up TVs, throwing them out the window. And I love this headline of a newspaper here, the New Orleans Times Picayune. I hope I've pronounced that right. And they've just got a big... Times New Roman, as big a font as you can make. The word expletive written three times. Expletive, 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 uh, with the shot uh, of the, the, the final uh, a guy running. Uh, was it, who was it who scored the touchdown? The guy running off to score the touchdown and the uh, New Orleans players looking at him. The, the guy that missed the tackle for New Orleans, how is he being received? Is he allowed to get off the plane when he gets back home? 
it was Marcus Williams. He was a rookie safety uh, for New Orleans. And what's really what's really disappointing about that play is he played so well during his first year in the NFL. In fact, he only missed five tackles all season leading up to that point. So he's a fine young player, someone that normally would make that play. He made a mistake. And I don't necessarily put the onus on him completely. Uh, I do have a problem with the fact that we do not teach our players form tackling well enough to be in that situation instead of just trying to throw a shoulder Hmm. into a player. That's disappointing. Uh, He owned up to it after the game. He stood in front of the media. He said it's his fault. He should have made the play. He didn't give us an indication of what exactly he was thinking. If it was that he was just missed a tackle or was afraid of interfering with the play to cause a penalty and putting Minnesota in field goal position. But then there's the other aspect of this conversation that we have to really delve into and look at because what the, the wide receiver, Stefan Diggs, what he did is not typical. And by that, I mean, yes, I know in, in the NFL, the whole point is to score a touchdown when you catch the ball. But in that situation, he is taught as soon as he catches the football to race towards the sideline to save time so they can attempt the uh, field goals. But yet he had the wherewithal to realize there's no one around me. I can run all the way into the end zone and have a walk-off touchdown. So while that was one of the worst attempts of a tackle I have ever seen, and I'm not going to I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it any other way, hmm. it also falls on the wide receiver to have the field awareness to go and score a touchdown and win the game, and he deserves credit for that as well. Uh, on Bleacher Report to Chris Sims, of course, uh, former quarterback himself in the NFL, uh, did a, a wonderful rankings article last year, and I think he had um, Blake Bortles uh, ranked 70th out of, of quarterbacks that are in the, the NFL. Yet this guy has managed to make it through, doesn't he? I mean, does, is that because he's just finding it enough to get done, or is it that the, the defense of the Jacksonville Jaguars is something very special? a little bit of both and I'll give credit to the coaching staff as well because they built an offensive scheme that allows the Bortles to make enough plays for the team to succeed on a consistent basis yes the defense is absolutely spectacular they have difference makers at multiple levels but you'll need to be counterbalanced by an offense that either a can light up the scoreboard or b control the clock and with with Jacksonville, they're a physical downhill running game, and they do, and they control the clock to a degree. If you watch the contest against the Steelers, very physical. They went into Pittsburgh and literally, basically, well, punched them in the mouth with Leonard Fournette with the downhill running, <laughs> excuse me, and the ability to um, just control the line of scrimmage. And once that that was established, then you started seeing him going to play action where they fake the handoff, start hitting little dink and dunk passes. The only Blake Bortles only attempted five passes over 10 yards, so they weren't exactly pushing the ball downfield, but they're allowing him to make plays within the construct of the system, which starts with a very strong running game, and they build everything off of that. So he's good enough to do that. You just don't want him carrying the entire scheme and saying, go out and win them games, because they can do that with their defense. They can do that with their running game, and Bortles can do enough to continue to put up points and win games. Two games next week to find our Super Bowl contenders, Brent. Here we go. Your Super Bowl pick. And let me just say, if you guess this right, we will send you to the Super Bowl. Mm. Oh, that'd be amazing. First, first of all, I can't remember the last time we discussed this gentleman before the, uh, the holidays. Uh, my preseason pick was the Patriots and Vikings. I'm feeling pretty good about that right now. So I'm just staying <laughs> in the past and moving forward. Ah, love it.
Way to go. I was going to say, no, he chose the Browns and the Cowboys. So, well done. There you go. <laughs> hey, Brent, Cheers, thanks Brent. so Thank much, you. man. We know you're not feeling well. That he was, did. He battled. Uh, he, he did that on one leg, uh, Brent Sablitsky, this morning. Two, in his defence, he had Patriots-Vikings to open the season. He did. After week 15, he had Patriots-Saints.